I would like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton. I will be your moderator for this session. Welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Yule. And the vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the heavenly father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud 
all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place and court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives of the class are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. 
Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of, of excuse me, of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we will have a prayer by Dr. April Lewis, followed by scripture, which will be Ephesians, the second chapter, read by Dr. Pedro Dominguez. Good evening, class. Good evening. Let us bow our hearts and our minds for a moment of prayer to our Heavenly Father, Yahweh. We want to thank you for allowing us to be present tonight on Zoom. We thank you for allowing us to understand you as you really are and actually exist. We thank you for the opportunity to just learn of you. As you said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And we are so excited and, and blessed to be a part of the body of Yahshua and the Messiah. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We ask that you continue to be with us. We ask that you continue to put that desire in us to learn of you and to worship you as you say to do so. We thank you for taking us out of the world and, and, and separating us and allowing us to know you today and not when we take off the flesh. Because we know that you are eternal and we will be learning from in ages to come. And we are so happy and so thankful for you. So we ask all these blessings and we thank you in your son, Yahshua, the Messiah's name. Hallelujah. 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 Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Ephesians, the second chapter of the Holy Name Bible. I'll be reading from the Holy Name Bible. Uh, critically acclaimed, critically revised by AB Trainer Scripture Research Association and reprinted by Yasha Promotions. Ephesians, the second chapter. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our deportment in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But Yahweh, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in, in sins, hath quickened us together with the Messiah. By grace ye are saved, 
and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Yahshua the Messiah. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Yahshua the Messiah. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of Yahweh, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Yahshua the Messiah unto good works, which Yahweh hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past, heathens in the flesh, who called uncircumcision by which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that all that, that at that, that at that time ye were without the Messiah, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without Elohim in the world. But now in Yahshua the Messiah, ye are formerly were far off. Ye who were formerly were ye who formerly were far off are made nigh by the blood of the Messiah. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in us his flesh, the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto Yahweh in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of Yahweh, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Yahshua the Messiah himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple unto Elohim, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of Elohim through the Spirit. I read to you Ephesians, the second chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Dominguez, for the scripture lesson, and Dr. Lewis for the prayer. And tonight uh, was. Um, well, first of all, let me say uh, welcome to everyone and thank you for joining. We're always glad and happy when our brethren join us um, to sup and come together to talk about this great gospel that we've been made privy to by Yahshua. Um, so tonight we were, um, it was scheduled to have the green chart, but we didn't have um, any volunteers to do um, science by the pattern, which we know that's what the green chart is. Um, is about. So what uh, Yahweh directed me to do is to go through uh, the foundation of the tabernacle, the structure and function, so that maybe someone can be inspired or uh, have the confidence with Yahshua in them, of course, to go through something that he showed them that goes by the tabernacle. Because remember, Dr. Kinley said, we're trying to raise up ministers in this school and in order to do that, it is always good to go back to the things that we first learned so that someone can catch up. And because this is a one room schoolhouse, it's always good to go 
back to the basics and to see what it is, what our foundation is, and that's that tabernacle pattern. So I wanted to, um, Yahweh had me to pull up a, a scripture because I always remember hearing in class that Dr. Kinley said, if you knew that pattern, you could foretell future events. And um, he allowed me to find a um, transcript that spoke to that. And the name of the transcript is Our World Events Predestinated. So what I'm gonna do, I'll share that screen and I'm gonna need help reading. I asked Dr. Dorian Lewis if he would help, um, but I'm definitely gonna need help. So if anyone wants to jump in, if you're so willing, that would be awesome. So this, the uh, transcript that Yahweh directed me to was Our World Events Predestined. And I'm going to jump down. This is uh, January 4th, 1959. And I'm gonna jump down to a section where he talks about how the power of knowing this tabernacle and its operation. So um, if someone wants to go ahead and read what's on the screen, that would be what's highlighted, that would be great. All right. Now let us get on to future events foretold. Yes, it is foretold what is going to be in the future. Now God himself, not me, but I am earnestly contending that God himself knows and by understanding how to go about the thing that God said would come. When I had that great revelation in 1932, I have been able to take that pattern and plan and those instructions of how to do it and tell every major event that is happening in the world ever okay, since 19. Pause right there one second, Dr. Lewis. Thank you. I'm going to Sorry, I put myself on mute. I want to flip the screen over because what I want to do is allow us to look at what Dr. Kenley's talking about while Dr. Lewis is reading this. So, you know, he's talking about this tabernacle. And I want you to, if you can, Dr. Lewis, read that last uh, part over. Uh, let me make this a little bit smaller so we can kind of see it a little bit better. Let's see. One second. Here we go. Oh, I'll make it too small where you can't see it. Okay. All right. So I think you have. Um, okay. So if you could start right here, Dr. Lewis. Right. Okay. When I had that great revelation in 1932, I have been able to take that pattern and plan and those instructions of how to do it and tell every major event that is happening in the world ever since 1932. I told the very hour and the very day of Invasion Day. I have even threatened to destroy this work myself if Invasion Day did not come to pass. It shall never miss, why? Because I didn't say it. Truthfully, there is a God and he himself is the one that foretells what is in the future and in the past. It takes that to make him God. Pause one second, Dr. Lewis, thank you. So what Dr. Kinley is referring to is this tabernacle pattern that was given to Moses in a vision on top of Mount Sinai. And what this tabernacle pattern does, as Dr. Kinley said in that transcript, you can use it if you know how to use this tabernacle, if you know the intricate details of the structure and the function of this tabernacle pattern, you can use it to foretell future events. That's how Dr. Kinley 
was able to tell about D-Day, as he said, or Invasion Day. He was able to tell about the sinking of a submarine. He was able to tell about an earthquake that would happen because he knew how to use the pattern to place on things and the, it acted as a timetable, so to speak. And it is a divine pattern because it is the pattern of Elohim or the Godhead or the unity of the spirit itself. This tabernacle pattern is nothing more than showing you that your heavenly father Yahweh took on, it was pure spirit, started out in pure spirit, which could not be understood by man. So Yahweh broke himself down. He's still Yahweh in all its power and glory in this state, but this state, this, this um, where he divested a little bit of his glory in this state, this is so man can see him in visions and in revelations. This is Yahweh Elohim. This is the creator of the universe. Then he further divested himself of his, glo his glory, came into the likeness of sinful flesh, but this was still the creator of heaven and earth in a body as Joshua the Messiah. These three are not three as the Catholic church and others want to teach, but they are one. And this is a powerful one. And it's powerful because you can't separate the unity of the spirit, just like you can't separate an atom. If you separate an atom, you'll have a nuclear explosion. So what Yahweh did, he showed Moses this tabernacle pattern in a vision, and he told him to build this tabernacle in the wilderness and don't err in it because it's the pattern of heavenly things. What heavenly things? It is the pattern of the unity of the spirit itself. And by it, which being Yahweh Elohim, the creation came forth. Therefore, everything in the creation is going to reflect this tabernacle. So now we're going to continue reading where Dr. Kinley is talking about the power of this tabernacle and what it can do. Let me go back to this, and then I'll bring that back up for you, Dr. Lewis, one second. Okay, I got it up on my computer if you want. Okay, yep, I still want to have it show to everybody. So go ahead and uh, this next highlighted part here, Dr. Lewis, if you don't mind. All right. Now let us refer to what the Bible says, not me. This chart is made according to a purpose and a plan. God's pattern is there. You cannot move anything on it. It is made by a pattern. God ordered the arrangement. Okay, pause right there, Dr. Lewis. So he's saying this, you can't move anything in it. So when we talk about in the moderation, we talk about how everything in the universe is made by the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern. What are you talking about? The structure would be the bars, pillars, and boards. It would be the, the, the holy place as a room, the most holy place as a room, the court roundabout as a surrounding area of the rooms, those are the structures. The veils are structures as part of the structure. They, the veils have two purposes. They're part of the structure and they're dividing or they represent a door or a change. So that's the structure that we talk about when we say structure and function. Then when you talk about the function, you're talking about the vessels within the tabernacle. So you have your altar of sin sacrifice, the function of that was to burn a sacrifice. It stayed lit continually because men were always sinning. So it was 
you have the function of the brazen labor of washing that is so that had a twofold function it was a function to wash the sacrifice when it was killed and it was also used to wash the feast pre feast uh, the priest's feet uh and hands so it had a spigot at the bottom that would let water out but when the clean water was there you could you can uh, let water out that spigot to wash their feet and they can wash their hands at the top. The function of the cup was to hold the anointing oil or the holy anointing oil, which acted as a baptism of the spirit to the priest so that he could go through this tabernacle and air and without air. Then you move to the holy place, which is a structure, but the function of the vessels within it. So the function of the um, seven branch lampstand was to give light or illumination in this holy place because Yahweh said there could never be darkness therein. Then you have the function of the table of showbread. It was to hold the bread and that bread was used as sustenance for the priests. The function of the altar of incense was to hold the incense that had a composition of four ingredients that only the high priest knew, and that would be used to bring a sweet smelling savior unto Yahweh in the most holy place to drown out the stench that was going on down here. Then you move to the structure of the whole, most holy place, and here you have the function of the Ark of the Covenant. That was a three-in-one piece. So its function was to hold, it had a two-fold function. It had a, a um, chest, therein which which were placed the uh, ten commandments which moses the second set of ten commandments it had aaron's rod that budded and it had a pot of manna and then um on top of it was a seat and between these two cherubims or these archangels yahweh dwelled so the function of this was a place for yahweh to be amongst the children of israel and remember, there were also um, snuff dishes, hooks, and every uh, other items that served a particular function. So the structure and the function of this tabernacle, knowing the steps, one gate, two, um, altar of sin sacrifice, three, the brazen labor of washing, four, the door to the holy place or that first veil, fifth, the holy place itself, six the second veil or the or the entrance into the most holy place and seven the entire holy place itself i'm sorry the most holy place itself so those steps along with knowing the structure and the function of all the instruments thereof and even the pillars bars and boards if you know it and you know how to place those things on a timeline then you can foretell future events. And that's what Dr. Kenley talked about. So Dr. Lewis, if you'll start this paragraph again for me, please. All right. Now let us refer to what the Bible says, not me. This chart is made according to a purpose and a plan. God's pattern is there. You cannot move anything on it. Okay, pause right there. I meant to say that before. So he's saying you cannot move anything on it. So you cannot take this brazen labor, I'm sorry, yeah, the altar of sin sacrifice and place it where the brazen labor of washing is. Why not? Well, think about it. Your body, which is made according to this tabernacle, you cannot take your intestines and place them where your kidneys are. 
that wouldn't work. The function dictate, the structure dictates the function and the placement. So you have your kidneys where they're supposed to be for a reason, because the brazen labor is there. And as Dr. Kenley said, you can't move these pieces around, just like you can't move pieces in your body around. You can't place your heart where your intestines should be. You can't place your brain where your heart should be. Everything has its proper place in order to function in the correct way that they were made. That's because the pattern, your body is according to this pattern, which is actually Yahweh Elohim. So go ahead and uh, continue, Dr. Lewis, please. All right. This chart is made according to a purpose and a plan. God's pattern is there. You cannot move anything on it. It is made by a pattern. God ordered the arrangement. Isaiah 8 and 20 says this, to the law and to the testimony, or the Mosaic law and the prophets, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them, or it's because we don't have the Holy Spirit to illuminate our understanding in the mystery of God. Regardless of who he is, if he don't go to the law and prophets, there is no light in them. Okay, pause right there for me one second. So what Dr. Kinley is letting us know and what we've always heard is that Yahweh always instructed us through Dr. Kinley to go back to Moses, which is the law, and you talk and you, you read the story of Moses, then you go over to the prophets and the fulfillment. So like I was saying, and for those that just joined, what we're doing is, um, because I didn't have anyone to do, um, to, to volunteer to do anything on the green chart, Yahweh directed me to go through the foundation of this tabernacle pattern to maybe give someone some inspiration and some confidence in knowing that they can do something um, by the pattern that relates to the green chart. You know, anything science or anything nature. It's, it's things that you already know, you already have an, a foundational understanding of it, but sometimes we just need a refresher and a little bit of a boost. So what Dr. Kinley was talking about, he said this structure, you know, this structure of this tabernacle pattern can be used to tell foretell um, uh, future events. Now, he just talked about how you had to go back to Moses. Now, even the Bible itself goes by this tabernacle pattern. So like he said, you have the law, which would be your court roundabout. You have your prophets, which would be your holy place. And you have your fulfillment, which would be the most holy place. Well, how so? So just remember, if you, you keep it simple, don't overthink it. If you think about it, the law is something that was physical, right? So if the law is something that was physical, you know, by being in this school and by having an understanding that that would place you mostly in this court roundabout because all this physical work had to be done here. And the law, if you place this tabernacle pattern on dispensations and ages uh, chart, and I'm hoping someone will go through that one day, you can actually show how the, this dispensation and ages chart fits the pattern. So I'm gonna go back to the, um, the tabernacle pattern chart. So the law, your law of Yahweh or the Bible, which is the first five books of the Bible, would be equivalent to your court roundabout. It talked about Yahweh gave the law to Moses and all the things they had to do and all these works they had to do. Your prophets would be more like the holy place. And the reason that is, is because the prophets, 
And it's just that Yahweh spoke through prophets. So they would be equivalent to a high priest or Yahweh, the spirit of Yahweh in them spoke and told them what to do. They spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit as the scripture goes. So that will put you here in the holy place because this high priest, when he was anointed here, he could only do what the Holy Spirit had him to do. And that was to work in this holy place without error. Then your fulfillment, we all know that the only one that could fulfill all things was Yahshua the Messiah or Yahweh himself in the body. That would be equivalent to the most holy place. So see, it's not that difficult. It's just a one, two, three, A, B, C, death, burial, resurrection, blood, water, spirit. That's really what you're doing. That's all you're doing when you want to take anything and see how it goes by the pattern. So now we're going to go back a little bit to um, Dr. Kenley, and then we're on the next page. And go ahead and, and start, Dr. Lewis. I think you're on mute, Dorian. I'm sorry. That's okay. Right. This comes direct from God. That is what we must do, go to the law and to the testimony. Why? Because the law foreshadowed what was to be and the prophets prophesied what was to be. Okay, pause right there. So the law foreshadowed what was to be and the prophets prophesied what was to be. The law, prophets, and the fulfillment. What was to be was the coming in of the Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah. So go ahead, read that over, because I think I cut that sentence, sentence off, Dr. Lewis. Okay. This comes direct from God. And this, excuse me, this comes direct from God. That is what we must do. Go to the law and to the testimony. Why? Because the law foreshadowed what was to be, and the prophets prophesied what was to be, with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Now read Numbers 14 and 34. Numbers is in the law. Ezekiel 4 and 6, that is in the prophets. Now we just said to the law and to the prophets, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Okay, thank you, Dr. Lewis. We'll be reading a little bit more of that, but right now I want to go here. So he said, now be, go to the law and the prophets. And if they don't, it's because there is no light or understanding in them. Because when Yahweh instructed, when he was talking to his disciples and he said, and beginning at Moses, he told about himself and all the things in the scriptures, what he's doing is letting them, letting them know that everything that was back there was telling of him and how he was to come in and fulfill all things and bring us all to a point where we have salvation in him through his blood, through his sacrifice, through his crucifixion. Now those cardinal ordinances that we practiced before, we no longer do because he fulfilled it. And now that law that was back there is now in us and we walk by spirit. We don't walk by sight, we walk by the Holy Spirit. So when you're thinking about doing something with this tabernacle, just ask Yahweh to let, give you the increase to just go through. If you're alone and by yourself, and this is what I tend to do, if I'm on a walk or anything, or if I can't sleep, I just start going through the steps in this tabernacle and going through the vessels. And what that does is it helps me then relate it to whatever it is that I'm asking Yahweh about. So let's try that. 
So once again, we have the gate here. That's the first step into this tabernacle pattern. This gate has here, excuse me, it's an opening. You see the veil here, but it's very wide. It's a wide opening. And you see here, there's an altar of sin sacrifice. You move that over to your physical body. And we've all heard this before, but once again, Yahweh's directing me to rehearse this in, the, in, in hoping that someone will get an understanding and enough confidence to go ahead and do something on the green chart or you know, science bad pattern to give to the brethren. Because remember, this is a school. We're raising up ministers. So don't be afraid to mess up. We all mess up. I'm sure I'm going to mess something up if I haven't already. But it's, it's through repetition. It's through the going through it that you learn. And there's a saying that um, I will always hear when I was growing up, the one who teaches is the one who learns. While you're giving your dissertation, Yahweh will bring things back to your remembrance or will show you things that you didn't even know you knew. So here we have this gate here and you have these four. Felicia, we can't hear you. All right, I think she may be having some connection issues, everyone. We'll give her a second. Okay, yeah, she just dropped off. So, uh, and this, she'll probably try to come right back in. So, we'll give her a few seconds. And uh, if not, I guess we'll just call on speakers. So, let's just wait a few more seconds and she comes back in. Okay, huh. I know there's a, oh yeah, she's our internet went out, okay. All right, well, I'm going to, while I get the charts pulled up, um, does anybody want to try to pick up where she left off, just going through this tabernacle pattern? Let me hurry up and get these uh, charts real quick. Sorry for the, uh, Mishaps, everyone. Can you all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, y'all okay. you're back. Here. Yeah, I have no idea what happened. I am so sorry, everyone. Okay, so let me, I don't know why my video wants to show. Um, where am I at? One here. Am I the host, Dorian, or you? Uh, oh, I got it. Yeah, no, you are. You are. Okay. Okay. All right. So, okay, let me share my screen. I have no clue, like I said, what just happened. Let's see. Let's bring image glass back up. Okay. Oh, they all been 
What were you going to say? What was the last thing you heard? <laughs> oh, no, you were starting out. I don't know. I was thinking, I was trying to figure out what, what was going on. I know Comcast, everybody, all these internet providers been having trouble this oh, week. Oh, okay. 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 My apologies, everyone, once again. So uh, what, we, what we're doing, what Yahweh has directed me to do was to go through um, the basics of the, the tabernacle pattern and how you can use it to place on any event, any object, any um, anything in science and in the world to um, show how it goes by the pattern. As we say in our moderation, everything in the universe goes by the structure and function of this pattern. And Yahweh directed me to do that because I would like to get more um, brethren, more of our ministers on our green chart Thursday to go through something that they, Yahweh has shown them that goes by this pattern. So um, once again, what I was, the, where I left off, I'm pretty sure was that when you're looking at this pattern, you just look at the vessels within the pattern. You look at the, uh, the structure of the pattern, which is a one, two, three structure, and you can place that on anything. Now, when you're looking at it, you look at the, the first vessel, which is the altar of sin sacrifice, and that if you look at the human body, which we have here, that will relate to your intestine, which has a burning and it's a configuration of a square within your body. And then you, if you move to the brazen labor of washing, that, that serves to wash the sacrifice. I'm sorry, let me go back. The altar of sin sacrifice served to burn the sacrifice, to bring it down to ash. The, your intestine serves to burn the food that you eat and bring it down to a point where your body can um, extract the nutrients, the essential elements and vitamins out of it so that you can sustain your life and it removes or gets rid of the waste that's no longer needed. So now in the brazen labor of washing, what it serves to do is to wash the sacrifice, but it also washes your feet. So likewise, when you bring that over to your body, your kidneys, which are separated, but if you bring them together, they make a configuration like this brazen labor of washing. It has two functions. It washes your blood and it takes, then takes that blood and pulls out all the nutrients that you need and pulls it back in your body. And then you have your, um, uh, oh, I'm lost for words your spigot <laughs> uh, and from your kidneys where your where the waste goes through or the urine goes out of the body. So then if you move, you have here, what's here, you have a gate or a, a door, sorry, a door that leads you from one place to another. So here on the tabernacle, it's a, uh, it's a veil here, but there's a door right here. The veil is here and the door is here that moves you into the holy place. In your body, that veil or that door is your diaphragm. So it separates your abdominal cavity from your chest region. So in your chest region or in the holy place of the tabernacle, you have a uh, seven branch lampstand that provides illumination to the, to the holy place. In your, in your body, in your chest cavity, you have your um, seven branch aorta that flickers because your blood is pumping and it provides light or illumination to your body by taking that blood and distributing it throughout the body. 
In, your, in the holy place, you also have that table of showbread with the 12 loaves of blood, 12, 12 loaves of bread that acts as sustenance to the high priest while he's ministering in the tabernacle. You move over, you go to the holy place, which shows your heart, which an average man pumps 12 pints of blood. There's a crown, a golden crown around it. And if you've ever seen it, I've seen um, live autopsies autopsies done and it is kind of like a golden color when when the person is alive now when they're dead everything looks kind of like brownish beige or whatever but when you're alive it's a golden color and that pumps those 12 pints of blood or that's your sustenance you need your blood to survive so then you move over you see the altar of incense or that uh, provides that sweet smelling savior unto Yahweh, or that's equivalent to a spirit or um, uh, a smoke-like substance that's going up. Your lungs, which give you, which breathe for you, they take in air, just like air can be equivalent to this smoke-like substance, but air you can't see, but it cleans the air for you. It acts as that, that filter to filter out those things. And here, didn't Yahweh tell them that only the high priest knew those four ingredients, so it couldn't be anything else. Your lungs only wants those four ingredients. It doesn't want anything else. So then you move to your second veil here, which you know we notice is not a 3D rendering, so it looks like it's way up here, but it actually separates the holy place from the most holy place. You move that over to your body, and that separation is your neck. Your neck, you have arteries, veins, and capillaries that, that are equivalent to blue, purple, and scarlet. Your thyroid gland being that purple or that, scar that scarlet color. So that is your separation in the uh, tabernacle. That brings you to the most holy place where is that three-in-one beaten piece, which is where Yahweh dwells. You move on over to your, your head cavity and that is a three-in-one piece. You have the two halves of your brain and the brain stem. That is within this bony structure of your head. And that's where Yahweh dwells. So when you think about wanting to do something about a pattern, you just first, you just take it and look at the simplicity of the pattern, which is the one, the two, and the three. Don't Think about, you know, all the pillars, bars, and boards. Just take it step by step, just like a little child learning their ABCs. Go one, two, three. Okay, let me look at everything. One, two, three. A daughter makes candles. What is candles? Candles is a glass, a wick, and wax. It's one, two, three. Nothing escapes this pattern. So when you're thinking about doing something on the green chart, just think about it. So now we have the um, pattern. I'm going to go to the other green chart only because when you blow it up, I'm sorry, it's a little bit clearer. So I'm going to blow it up just a little so we can see. So when you're looking at the pattern, remember, all you want to focus on just the start is your one, your two, and your three. So you go to the migration of the children of Israel out of Egypt. They're in Egypt with this darkness. There was a lot of death going on. So now you can see how that will relate to the um, court roundabout. There was death going on there, right? Then Yahweh led them to the Red Sea. There's some water there. 
They were led to the Red Sea by the Holy Spirit. There's your, there's your oil or your spirit. Oh, okay, now I get it. That is why that would be the court roundabout. Then you move up to the holy place. And remember, you got that door there or that veil. And that means there's a separation, right? So now you have that the Red Sea is separating Egypt. Now we know it's a lot further, but remember, you're just trying to be simple with it. So it's separating Egypt from the wilderness. That's your separation. That places them in the wilderness or places them in the holy place. So now you see, oh, okay, Yahshua, remember in that cloud, Yahshua was a cloud, uh, a fiery cloud by day to give them, I'm sorry, a cloud by day and a fiery cloud by night. So they were never in darkness. Oh, didn't we say just previously that this holy place could never be in darkness? So there you can see that's where the lamp will come in. Yahweh rained down manna from heaven. Ah, there's your bread. Yahweh was the intercessor or the, excuse me, the altar of incense between them. You have Yahweh here interceding through Moses, but he was also there through Joshua or Yahshua, the son of Nun. Okay, now remember, this wasn't their final resting place. Their final resting place was Jerusalem or Canaan land above. But in order to get there, you had to cross another veil or you had to make another transition. So that would put you at your second veil or your sixth step. Because remember, now you're going into the spirit of things, which is your seventh step. So if you look at this, you got, you got another veil. They had to cross the River Jordan. There's, that would be your veil, your second veil. Then that places them in the promised land. That places you in the most holy place. So it's really just a one, a two, and a three. Now, after you have gotten to the place where you can see that one, two, three, and if you use the elementary chart, and we call it the elementary chart because it's just that, it's, it's the elementary principles to look at. And I'm gonna go to the other one just because it's better with um, graphics. So it's just the elementary principles. So as Yahweh allow you to be able to look at these plates on the elementary chart and place them on the pattern. Now it's already been done for you. You got the tabernacle pattern here and all the, the events line up to it. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna go back to the um, green chart and we're gonna see this again. So now we went through the migration. Okay, now I'm starting to get it. It's one, two, three. Go over to the atom. The atom is an electron, a neutron, and a proton. An electron has a negative charge. When you think negative, you think bad. You think it's not, it's not good. It's not positive. Okay, what bad or what not good happened? You know, for the, for the people, this was good because that sacrifice saved them but something had to die. So that's when you think of something negative or the outside, that's your electron because this electron went around the proton and the neutron. And this court roundabout went around the holy place and the most holy place, that's your structure. Then you move to the holy place and that's where you have your neutron. And if you'll notice, the neutron is bigger than the proton. You notice the holy place is bigger than the most holy place. The ho most holy place is a little smaller, but you have your neutron. That's a neutral charge. That places you right there in the holy place. 
Then you move up to the proton, which is a positive charge. That places you in the most holy place, which is where Yahweh dwells. That is most holy. That is positive. Yahweh is always positive. Even when you so-called negative, Yahweh is positive. Why? Because his will is being done. So when you're looking at everything, like we say all the time, everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and nothing escapes the pattern. Start off by just keeping it simple. One, two, three. Egypt, wilderness, Canaan land. One, two, three. Now we're going to go back and pick up that transcript again that Dr. Lewis was reading, if I can find it because I lost my page. Okay, here we go. So what we're going to do, remember, this is what I said Yahweh had me to look at to see, um, because Dr. Kinley, I had always heard that Dr. Kinley said, if you knew the tabernacle pattern, you could foretell future events. And that's exactly what Dr. Kinley mentioned in this transcript. So now, Dr. Lewis, we're going to, um, we read that part, I think I highlighted a little more. Yeah, on the next page, um, I think you can see it. Uh, we want to look at uh, this part here, um, if you can see my screen. Yeah, I can see it now. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Mm -hmm. God declared the end from the beginning. To understand the beginning, you look to where you look to where the end is going to be. If you really understand, then you will know what is supposed to happen. You must know something about the beginning before you can know anything about the end. Okay, now pause. Thank you. So what Dr. Kinley is saying here, remember. He said, in order to know anything about the end, you have to know the beginning. That's why Yahweh told his disciples, he's, he said to them, beginning at Moses. That's the beginning. You have to know how it all started in order to know how it all ended. And when you look at the uh, elementary chart, you can see an example of that in the circles at the top. Yahweh started off in pure spirit, and he's back here in pure spirit. The only difference is here, he's alone and by himself. And here he has those angels with him and he's in a glorified state. So you always have to know the beginning. That's why you always have to go back to Moses because that's gonna give you the foundation, <clears throat> excuse me, starting to lose my voice. That's gonna give you the foundation you need to go ahead and be confident in doing things that are by the pattern. So it's not, that is difficult. It's just that we want to understand the operation of Yahweh and understanding the unity of the spirit is understanding this tabernacle pattern. So I think, uh, let me see, Dr. Lewis, I think that was it. It was just a little bit more in there. And I'm going to have you read. Um, did I, okay. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still Okay, my screens all went away. I don't know why. Okay, um, let me make sure I'm sharing the right thing. Okay, I am. Okay, go ahead, Dr. Lewis, and read that just that little bit. Okay. God tells you in advance what is going to happen. Then he fulfills that promise. So Yahweh, in his infinite wisdom, Yahweh knows what's going to happen in advance, but he tells us what's going to happen because he knows the beginning, the end from the beginning. 
So that's why when you can look at, when once you learn the structure and function of this tabernacle pattern in great detail, then you can foretell future events. And I've often heard the story of um, a brethren that was able to actually figure out the timeline of, uh, of when the creation would end. And she showed it to Dr. Kinley and Dr. Kinley told her, yeah, that's the date. But then he took it from her. Why? Because the scriptures say, no man knows the hour or the day that Yahweh is going to take this out. So although he allowed her to see it, and I believe he allowed her to do that because that was proof and evidence that you can foretell future events if you know the structure and makeup of this tabernacle pattern. However, what he's not going to do is let you maintain. He didn't let her maintain that because Yahweh is not a liar. He cannot lie. So when it says no man knows the hour today, that's exactly what he means. No man knows the hour today. So that is what Yahweh um, directed me to do. And I wanted to be obedient to that. And once again, like I said, although this was supposed to be a green chart day, I didn't have any volunteers or anyone to pick anything to go through the green chart. But I wanted to just go through the basic foundation of this chart to give some confidence to someone to know that you don't have to go in extreme detail, even if you just start with one, two, three, and show something, whatever it is that you know that Yahweh showed you that goes by the pattern. And then as you start to progress in your understanding what Yahweh will do, he will then start to show you the detail. I'll just take one example. You have the gate here. It has four corners. And on those four corners, there are four points of blood. When you take that, you can think about it on the world. You got north, east, south, and west. What is that talking about? That means when Yahshua the Messiah came in and died for the sins of the world, he died for all in the north, the east, the south, and the west. He died for those that had already came and gone. He died to, for those that were present at the time. He died for those that were to come. That's what that's pointing to. And there were four points of blood on Yahshua the Messiah. Remember, just like the four points on that altar of sin sacrifice. He was the sacrifice. Yahshua the Messiah was the sacrifice that died for the sins of the world. The sacrifices that were placed on this altar, there couldn't be a bone broken. Yahshua the Messiah didn't have any bones bro broken. So what you'll start to see is that as you go through it, Yahweh will start to take you through those little details and show you, oh, now I see, now I get it. Now I can pick up more detail and more detail, and he will continue to show you more and more. That's why we keep coming to these classes, because we can't exhaust the, the, infinite, the infinite wisdom of Yahweh. We can't exhaust the things. He just keeps showing us more and more and bringing us to a better understanding of the things that we already know. So that was just um, a, a little bit of what Yahweh advised me to do and to go through and to give maybe someone some confidence in, in going through this tabernacle. So what I'd like to do now is just open the floor up to anyone. I don't care how short it is, even if it's just one, two, three. If you have something that you would like to show that goes by the pattern in the one, two, three format, or, you know, we didn't get into it, maybe Yahweh will have me do that next time, the death, burial, resurrection part, or the blood, water, spirit. Always remember, I'll say this before I let someone talk. I remember um, Dr. Clover Screws would always say, when you do 
when you're going through the elementary chart and you're picking up the principles, either do blood, water, spirit, or death, burial, resurrection. Try not to do both if you're not experienced because doing that will get you all mixed up. Try to stick with one thing. So if you're gonna do blood, go all the way through and do blood, do water, do spirit. Then eventually you'll be able to do death, burial, resurrection and all things, but stick to one or the other. And that way that'll give you uh, uh, some confidence and the foundation that you need to be able to go in and eventually mix the two because we know blood is synonymous with death, water is synonymous with burial, and spirit is synonymous with um, resurrection. So we know that. But if you're starting off, it may confuse you. So just stick to one or the other. So um, at this time, I would like to open it up to anyone that would like to go ahead and just go through anything that you would like that goes by the pattern. Because my voice is, is leaving me, so. I could try something. Um, on the uh, on the um, name chart, mm -hmm. uh, it has a few more things that are uh, go by the pattern. So um, we have the three. Uh, what do you call three things that Yahweh told a man to build? Mm -hmm. Um, so you have the ark, the tabernacle, and the temple, which was mm -hmm. Solomon's temple, right? Correct. Okay. And then, um, like you mentioned earlier, the law, the prophets, and the fulfillment, mm -hmm. um, that was always there, but I guess it's really clicking now after you went through that, that that's there too. Um, and then uh, to the right, you have... Um, the three states of uh, H2O, um, which come in a solid, liquid, and gas, which uh, we usually use to represent uh, Yahweh, uh, showing that he's one um, as Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. So it's not three separate entities, it's that one, you know, uh, uh, H2O um, coming together. Um, and then the electron, neutron, and proton, like you went over, uh, and then the cell, which is the cell body, the nucleus, and the nucleolus. Um, so those were the three things that just randomly popped in my head after you went through that. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Hamilton. Anyone else? Go through the same thing or something different or more detail in one of the one or the other. And Dr. Hamilton, I can try to do the uh, migratory chart. But if you can show the uh, Moses chart. Yep. All okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So the migratory pattern is the uh, migration of the children of Israel beginning in Canaan land. Remember, because mm -hmm. uh, Abraham, Yahweh showed him the land, and uh, the children of Israel were in his loins. Mm -hmm. So then as he come down, comes down, and so you see on there, it says most holy place up there uh, near, near the temple. You see holy place in the wilderness of Sinai. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you see court roundabout down in Egypt. So this is showing that it's going according to the pattern. So I'll just start in Egypt. So in Egypt, you have the night of the Passover with the lamb. They put the blood on four, points, four corners of four um, 
they put the blood on the four points of blood on the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's correlated to your altar of some sacrifice. They um, come out of Egypt and come to the Red Sea. That's correlated to the labor uh, in the uh, Quran about. The spirit of Yahweh was in that cloud directing them. That is represented by, or that's uh, pointing to the holy cup of anointing oil. Now, the first veil or the door is also represented by the Red Sea. And that when that sea uh, heaped up and they went through on dry, dry ground. All right. So then they're into, we're going into the holy place. And that's what's represented by the wilderness of Sinai. You have the golden table, I'm sorry, the uh, golden lampstand, which is represented by that fiery cloud that was on fire. At, at 3 p.m., that fire that sat on top of Mount Sinai burst into flames. And it's, it's a, the same principle that we have in the tabernacle. There can never be darkness in the holy place. So from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., you had the sun shining in. And then from 3 p.m., even though the sun's still out, they lit that candle because it could never be dark in that holy place. So it's the same thing. You have that same principle in the wilderness of Sinai. They have the sun not, sun all day at 3 p.m. That cloud burst in the flame. So that they were just being in perpetual day, if you will. Uh, you have the holy, t- the table of showbread, which is represented in the wilderness by the manna that Yahweh rained down. That seed that he rained down that they turned into bread. And then you have the altar of incense, which is represented by Moses as an intercessor. So you're going to see those principles. You're going to see, like Dr. Williams, Will Williams always say, light. You're going to see a principle of light or illumination. Or, or let me, I'm sorry, I didn't say that with the uh, Quran about. In the Quran about, where whatever biblical event you're looking at, you're going to see a representation of death or blood. You're going to see a representation of a burial or a water. You're going to see a representation of the spirit, you understand? In the holy place, you're going to see that representation of light or illumination, that representation of bread or sustenance. Or you're going to see um, the representation of intercession in these biblical events. Now, this is the one I'm not very good with. It's the holy place, the most holy place. Uh, I know you're going to see a representation of yeah, uh, the law. I'm not really good with that, so I'll let somebody else do that. But one of the things that Yahweh did uh, that was a big eye-opener for me when I was trying to study years ago, I was, I was reading in the textbook, the pattern, everything about the pattern, when he starts to break down, when you got mm-hmm. the, um, you know, you got the A, B, C, D on the side of the tabernacle, and he's pointing to all this stuff. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would, that used to confuse me. I did not understand the veils. Right. And so Yahweh finally showed me, you know, what the veils mean. And it just was an eye open that helped me. The veils simply represent a transition. Like right. these are when you're looking at principles, they represent a transition or a change from one state to another. You understand? So just like if you can even uh, look at it from, uh, I just lost what I was going to say, but you can look at it, look at the uh, transition from day to night, you know, our, our cycle we have. Mm-hmm. You can't ever look at the sky and say, I know they, they tell us, you know, sunrise will be 6, 32 or whatever it is. But if you've ever tried to watch the sunrise, you can't say the exact point at which it ceased being dark and began to be light. But there's mm-hmm. a clear line of demarcation between complete darkness and now the sun's up. So that's what some, sometimes, you know, even if you can't see that exact point, you need to see the bells represent that there's a difference or a change there. 
it was completely dark and now there's light out you know mm -hmm. we can't necessarily say what the exact point is so and that's like that scripture that says the word of yahweh is quick and powerful dividing mm -hmm. even uh mm -hmm. asunder the soul and the spirit we don't always know where that line is but the point is to see that there is a difference in those two states so same with yahweh up taking on shape and form and then manifesting the flesh you understand there is a difference now it's all yahweh but yahweh and pure spirit i mean yahweh and pure spirit and Yahweh in shape and form, there's a difference there. You understand what I'm saying? You get that? Mm -hmm. that the veils is represent. That's what the veils represent. That separation or that difference. Not that Yahweh's separate, but you see, he was in pure spirit. Then he took on shape and form. There's a change there. Represent. That's mm -hmm. what they also represent. Change. Mm -hmm. The same when he manifests in the flesh. So I hope that helps. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. That was good. So, so remember what Dr. Lewis was saying was that, you know those veils they or the door those represent the transition so when you're looking at the tabernacle and you see this one that's numbered you'll see that number four there so that's another thing that once you really start to get into it yahweh will show you things and how these numbers correspond so we know five or 50 is pentecost four usually represents some kind of change something going from one state to another that's that four you're you're moving and i remember when i turned 40 i said wow i actually felt like an adult for some reason that it was that that 40 that represented that but that four or that door represents a change or a transition as dr lewis was saying when you go from light to dark there's a transition that takes place that's why it was said by dr kinley that you know when we when we when the um uh, when Yahshua, the universal revelation of Yahshua Messiah, it'll be like walking from one room to the next. It's just a, it's a transition that you're doing. You don't realize you've done it. If you've ever walked in your house, you don't really pay attention that you've walked from one room to the other. And that's what actually gave me comfort. And when I think about, you know, people that have passed on, the scientists have actually shown that transitioning over something like a door or a threshold from one to another actually makes you forget. You know how sometimes if you're in one room, you say, oh, I got to go to this other room to get this. And by the time you get there, you forgot. They said that actual physical process of making that transition makes you forget. So is it not hard to understand that once we take off this flesh, Yahweh will make us forget these things of this world and the the troubles and everything so that's a transition so it's it's so much in this tabernacle but don't get don't get caught up in the weeds of it ask Yahweh to let you start with the simplicity like the last two speakers just did go from one two three one two three okay so um anyone next that wants to give it a try uh yes i will Okay. Uh, that was really pretty what I was listening to. And like you said, the simplicity is just what's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I like to always show forth how that Yahweh or Yahshua Messiah coming in represents every vessel in that tabernacle. That's right. That is always so awesome to me. And mm -hmm. since you have it already up here, you know, Yahshua, the sacrifice was done here on this altar of sin sacrifice. Yahshua Messiah being the true sacrifice mm -hmm. was the one they had to die for all mankind, just as that animal back there under that law or when they were in the wilderness was just a type. 
see, of being sacrificed or slain, see. And then, uh, so now, and that, and Yahshua Messiah had to, they had to take that blood and put it on the four horns, just as Yahshua Messiah had to be nailed to the four points with those uh, on that cross or on that cross, showing forth that he had making that four points of blood on that cross there. And then he, but he was sacrificed for all of mankind. So that's that blood or that's, if you will, that sacrifice. And Yahshua Messiah that was buried. That would be that laver of water, see, representing that barrier. Now, these are just vessels that are That's in the right. tabernacle, but every last one of them represents what the Messiah did. And it's just showing forth how he came in. He walked through this tabernacle, if you will, and that's also where he resides now in our own physical tabernacle, but let me just go on with it. So we have mm -hmm. that death there as representing, or that blood on the altar, and then the burial represented by that water or that labor. And then also he resurrected, which we know is re represented by that cup of holy anointing oil. Why? My question, when I, since we're talking about the simplicity of it, the simple simplicity, I was like, why does that oil represent the spirit? Mm -hmm. And it was clearly just explained. If you put oil in some water, that oil is going to rise to the top. So that oil is just representing that resurrection See, So that's Yahshua the Messiah. His blood, his water, spirit. See, that oil representing spirit. And then you come to the door in this whole in this uh, tabernacle. See, Yahshua Messiah has to come in and say, I am the door. Right. You see what I'm saying? And so now those things, you cannot fit them together just by coming up with something, reading the Bible, and then say, oh, I'm going to put this together like this. No, this is how Yahweh set it up according to his divine pattern and purpose. See, laid down as it has been spoken clearly tonight by this tabernacle pattern. Mm -hmm. And then so now you push places you into the holy place. Previously, you're in that court roundabout. Now is this holy place of the tabernacle. Self-same tabernacle, just another compartment, see? And then you're in the holy place, you see that seven-branch candlestick on the lamp, on the left. That, excuse me, that was representing the light or illumination in that tabernacle, see? The Messiah has to come in and say, I am the light of the world, see? Because now just as that light can never go out, the Messiah in you, the true illumination never goes out. You understand once he's mm -hmm. in you, he is in you. See, and likewise, when one of the speakers, Dr. Hamilton, I believe, was talking about through those age, ages and dispensations that she mentioned, I believe, talked about the Messiah, you know, you have seven, um, uh, um, what are the candlestick parts of that candlestick? Mm -hmm. See, and that four branches, that is. That fourth branch is right in the middle. You got three on one side, three on the other side. That's representing Yahshua Messiah coming in in the fourth age. And so he is that light of the world. So you have to see that similarity of him coming in in the fourth age and picking up everything before him. See, the three ages before, and then all those that was after him. So he's walking down through the, the world or the, through his creation, if you will, just manifested right here in this tabernacle. It's just so beautiful. Yes. And then on the right side there, you have the table of showbread. Messiah can't leave him out there either because he comes in and talks about how he is the 
bread. See, I am the true bread, he said. He talked to, he had a, it's a scripture that's in the uh, Bible and says, your father ate manna in the wilderness. He says, and they are dead, but you eat of this bread. See, these were just types in that tabernacle, but yet they represented spiritual significance or it represented Yahshua. And that's why the understanding of this tabernacle is so divinely uh, important to us to get an understanding of how Yahweh is operating or caused Yahshua Messiah to be operating right here in this uh, in this earth plane as well as in our physical bodies see as as far as placing that spirit in us see because that's the whole purpose of all of this see so he is that true bread see rain down from heaven isn't that where he come from mm -hmm. he said I am the bread of the I'm I'm that true bread rain down from heaven see and when we eat of that bread we'll never die see that's him had in you that we will never die he will never die in us you know when he is in us see and we will never die then you come to that altar of uh, incense and that altar of incense see was only representing a mediation between the stink if you will of the world or that uh, court roundabout, see, and heaven itself. That's why the holy place is like that middle compartment, if you will, see. So Yahshua Messiah, you know, as the, as the scripture goes on to say, when you see the abomination of desolation mm -hmm. stand in the holy place, because it's all talking about standing in Yahshua, not a physical building, but in Yahshua the Messiah, because he's the light, he's the bread, he's the intercessor. He said, no man comes to the Father but by me. So you have to get, before you can get to the most holy place, you got to go through the holy place. And in that, that's where he's representing that you got to come to him. He is that mediator between Yahweh and man, see. And then once, and then that third compartment being that most holy place, see, or heaven itself. See, just showing the beauty of the three-in-one configuration of that one bit beaten piece. You have Michael as an archangel on one side, Gabriel as an archangel on the other side, see, and you they're overshadowing that mercy seat, you see, and then you see that all-seeing eye right there in the middle where Yahweh said that he will dwell, see, between the wings of the cherubim, and we know that that's likened to, if you were to correlate it to your human body, that's likened to your head cavity or your brain, where he says that he will dwell, so that Michael, Gabriel, the two archangels overshadowing the mercy seat is none other than that threefold nature, see, if you will, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So all of is representing Yahshua Messiah or Yahweh by this pattern, see, and then I believe in the scriptures uh, also always makes me think when I'm going through it like this, I always hear in my heart and in my mind, Paul, when he said over there, see, of the things that have been spoken, this is the sum that's over there in Hebrew, because that's the sum, because this high priest, see, remember it was a high priest operating in this tabernacle, officiating, officiating in this court roundabout, in the holy place, and in the most holy place. See, it was a daily operation, Hebrews eight and somebody can go and get that real quick just to have that scripture read because it's so pretty it's hebrews eight and one mm -hmm. now the things which we have spoken this is the sum 
We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which Yahweh pitched and not man. Mm -hmm. Great. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, mm -hmm. it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For mm -hmm. if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, mm -hmm. seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, mm -hmm. who serve into the example and shadow of heavenly things. Mm -hmm. As Moses was admonished of Yahweh when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. Now you see that? Now see, so this is serving to the shadow of heavenly things, see? See, this tabernacle here is just to bring us into an understanding of how Yahweh operates, see? And like as he goes on and talks about how we have such a high priest, because when the Messiah came in and, and fulfilled all the things that was written for him, of him in the in the Bible, in the law, and in the prophets, and in the fulfillment, see, then he went to the cross, see, and then he resurrected after being dead and buried for three days in the earth. He had to resurrect then, see, for what? So that he might fulfill what the scriptures had already said, that he would pour out his spirit upon flesh. You see what I'm saying? That he couldn't contain, he couldn't keep it all to himself. That wasn't the purpose. That's it was right. that he will pour his spirit out. Now, when we receive that spirit, this tabernacle, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. See, that's where he's done. That priest there in that tabernacle pattern that we're looking at, that was under the law, that's just a type of the true priest that's operating in us right now. Now we have such a high priest in us, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Who is keeping the law, keeping the faith, keeping everything right within you, officiating and operating in your own most holy place, see, making himself apparent and real to you. See, and that's why he had to say to his disciples, he says, he must go away. He said, well, I, but I will send another comforter to you, right. even the spirit of truth. You see, I'm saying that the world can't receive, but you'll know him. Why? Because he'll be in you. Mm -hmm. See, Yahshua Messiah, that's what he did. This thing is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Listening to this gospel, I appreciated all the words that everybody said. And we know we always keep and go, we can't do wrong. We're going by to the basics and the simplicity of this gospel. So I love this gospel. And I think some, I hope somebody got something out of that. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Nelson. And I, I really appreciate how Yahweh had you go back and make the point that everything is about Yahshua the Messiah. Now she went through all those vessels and showed you how they all point to Yahshua. But did you know even the structure points to Yahshua? So when you think about the bars, the pillars, and the boards, what do they do for this tabernacle? It gives it its uprightness. Who gives us up? Who gives us our uprightness? That's Yahshua. So everything, the veils, how is that Yahshua? Yahshua, when you think about it, you start off, you're here. When you're coming into your understanding, then Yahshua moves you into the holy place. That's a, there's a veil there or a separation. He separates you from the world. And then eventually when we take off this flesh and we get our spiritual bodies, 
will be separated from the physical altogether and brought to the spiritual. So even the, the, funk, the structure of the tabernacle is pointing to Yahshua the Messiah. And as she had read in Hebrews 8, he is the sum of all things, not just this tabernacle, but of all things. He's the sum of the creation. He's the sum of the universe. It's all about Yahshua the Messiah. That's why when you're going through these things, if you keep that in mind, Yahweh will show you how everything goes by this pattern. So I thought that was pretty, and I thank Yahweh through her for that admonishment, because sometimes you can get caught up in the weeds and forget that it's all about Yahshua. So um, any, anyone else, we got a few people on the line, if anyone else wants to give it a shot, or maybe even clarify, like Dr. Uh, Dorian Lewis was saying with the wilderness when he was on um, the migratory pattern, he didn't know uh, the holy, the most holy place, how, you know, the, the semblance to Canaan land, if someone could go through that or anything else. I'd like to say something. Hi, yes, Dr. Dye. Uh, some basic fundamental things that he's doing when we look at this thing. Mm -hmm. Don't use this chart or the man-made in well, this is fine. Mm -hmm. Your speaker talked about the threefold supernal nature of Yahweh, and he's reflecting that in every chart. Mm -hmm. So we say this is man-made in the image by Elohim by the pattern of the tabernacle. If you want to talk about it being threefold, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit, these three are one. That's one, two, three, like Father, the most holy place, Elohim, the holy place, and Yahshua the court roundabout, right? That's one, two, three. We talk mm -hmm. about the man. He has a head cavity, chest cavity, abdominal cavity. See, and they got that in the pattern. That's the makeup of man, but man is really spirit, most holy place, soul, holy place, and body. Mm -hmm. We talk about his arm. We say that cause that's by the pattern. He has a hand, a forearm, and an upper arm, right? He has a leg. It's a foot, calf, and a thigh. And that's for mobility. And you have 12 of those limbs that, for your mobility, and that represents the 12 tribes around the tabernacle. You have a brain. You have a forebrain, midbrain, high in the brain. That's what we talk about. You have a nervous system, you see. You have the brain, the spinal cord, and peripheral nerves. Mm -hmm. You have blood. You know, that's usually threefold and the blood that carries in there. Your blood is gonna be, you have red blood cells, you have white blood cells, and you have platelets. Mm -hmm. So that's threefold by the pattern. We talk about Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. It's the upper deck, middle deck, and the lower deck. That's by the pattern. See, most holy place, holy place, court roundabout principally. Mm -hmm. Now, in any chart that we look at, if you go to the, well, let's just go to the Moses chart. Mm -hmm. And I'm just looking at some things, or, or chart series number two, which would be probably the best chart to take a peek at, which would be your 40 plate chart. But this will work. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry, go. I'm sorry, Dr. Dye. Which one did you want me to go through? Well, this is fine. I'll say chart series number two, which is the 40 plate chart. Oh, yeah. Yep. Here we go. Or, or elementary chart, any of them, because they're all the same pattern. Mm -hmm. and they're all designed the same way. You see, you have a most holy place, holy place in a court roundabout. That's the general structure of the pattern. 
you see. So you got, now let's just put it this way. You need to, uh, this chart should be surrounded by a cloud. You got Yahweh, who's pure spirit. You got Elohim, the supernal nature of Elohim. Even if we look at that, if we took the supernal nature of Elohim, you understand, you have these attributes. It's typical of, uh, but this is different because you're gonna have six in the most holy place and that's what you read. Intelligence, knowledge, wisdom, beauty, love, justice, foundation, power, and strength. You have three in the holy place, or or what is it? Intelligence, knowledge, wisdom, beauty, love, and justice. You have foundation, power, and strength, and you have the kingdom. See, that's the threefoldness of the supernal nature. Now, theosophy, now that's that in the sense they put it there, they put veils in there because you got some things you're dealing with. If you want to talk about the veils. Because in there you have inscrutable and incomprehensible and you have invisible or unseen. You see, and he set, set those attributes and theosophy the same way. Now, according to those lines were there. So even with, if you went over to cosmogony, you understand, and you looked into cosmogony, okay, you'd have first heaven, but it's not written that way on a chart, but you have the court roundabout, which would be the first heaven. You have the holy place, which would be the second heaven, because you can see that on the veil, the division between the first and second heaven. And you have what we consider the third heaven. See, if you move over to chaosis, you have same principle. You have chaosis in the court roundabout. You have a division between light and darkness, or a semi-light, or that dove represents the spirit moving upon a or intermediate state. And then you have carnivorous darkness in the most holy place, which is Yahweh's which is darkness called Yahweh's secret place. So, you know, if you go, if you go into, what's the next plate up there? Uh, first day of creation, court roundabout. See, if you went to the first day of creation, that's probably plate number six. Mm -hmm. So if you want to look at it, yeah, I think there's a lag, Dr. Guy. Yeah, there's a little bit oh, of a well, that's lag. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can just mm -hmm. say it. You have the first night, you have a semi-light or twilight, and you have what you call cosmic light. So everything we're going to look at is going to be talked about in several ways, the way we look at it. And that's all we're going to do in this school, principally. We go to the second day of creation. You have the waters above the firmament. You have waters in a semi-liquid state, and you have waters beneath the firmament. If you go to the third day, you got the waters divided, or you have, in a sense, you have the sea, and then you have in the holy place, the dry land up here of the vegetation, and then you have the fruition. If you go to the next place, you have the court roundabout, you have the fall, the winter, that's a death, that's a burial. You have the spring, that's a resurrection in the holy place, and then you have the summer, and you also have the law of that. And then the fifth day of the creation. So if you follow that along, you have the biological kingdom or the formation of the insects, the biological kingdom, you have the spirit of animation, that's the, that's the court roundabout. You have those biological animal, animals, you have the fish of the sea and the whales. And then in the most holy place, you have the birds. So it is a pattern. Mm -hmm. whatever we look at it you can go we can go farther because all those places you're going to look at are going to fit that pattern you go mm -hmm. to the man what we got the left plate number 11 
which we say all the time in his makeup, which a man is body, court roundabout. He has a soul and he has the spirit or the law of spirit in him that governs that. See, same thing in the division between male and female. You have the man in the court roundabout in a deep sleep. You have that spirit of animation. He's buried in that court roundabout. You have the you have the resurrection where the woman's taken out of him and, and presented unto them. And then you have that, the garden of Eden. You have that law or spirit of that man is married to his wife. You understand in the most holy place and peace and harmony. We, we already talked about the migratory pattern. You have Egypt, the wilderness of Sinai, and you have Canaan land, you see? And you have the angelic transgression. You have the lost spirit in the most holy place and you have that angelic invisibility. You have them coming out into the intermediate state. You have a division between, so the angels there, a division between invisibility and visibility. And then you have them cast down in that the real darkness. You have them coming out in transgression plate. They're coming out of garden. You have the man and his wife. You see, in the garden, you see they're driven out to the holy place. You see, which is now you have to keep in mind that the most holy place and the holy place are connected because it's covered with a tent, and you go have those veils to make sure make that division, and they're driven to the court roundabout where they have to eat. Well, where they're going to eat by the sweat of their face and eventually die. So you're tracking this thing all the way through. So even if you go past that, you have you have Cain and Abel. Well, <laughs> I don't want to go on because you might have some other people that wants to have something to say about that. But principally, what you're looking at all the way through any chart series that the founder has made. Maybe we ought to jump to the green chart just for a minute and then I'll be through. But every one of these plates specifically, now this is what's going on in our school. Mm -hmm. I should, maybe I should say this. And you've kind of discussed that already. One, you talked about the seven steps in the pattern of the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. Dr. Lewis talks about the letters. A, B, C, D, and E. You've always walked through the vessels in the tabernacle. You understand? Now, very specifically, that's what we're going to do. We're always going to talk about that in some form. We're either going to talk about A, B, C, and E. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Or we're going to talk about death, burial, resurrection, 40, and ascension. You understand? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to, oh, we're going to talk about most holy place, holy place, court roundabout. And that's what we're going to look at. And some, any ministers in here is going to talk about some form of the operation of this pattern is what we're looking at. So we're talking about the green chart. Like we say, we look at certain things and we should, should be able to see the threefold supernal nature in that. And you could see it on this chart. And sometimes I look at this chart as comparative to some of the other charts and see if it's following the same format. You understand? You have Elohim. One, you have the cloud, you see, which surrounds the whole chart. Two, then you begin with Elohim in a shape and form. That's uh, Yahweh taking on shape and form in part, not totality. Then you would have, compared to the Moses chart, you have the pattern. It's an intangible tabernacle pattern that Elohim transformed into. Yahweh Elohim is the Father, the Word, 
It's the Holy Spirit and one embodiment. You have the tabernacle, which is a most holy place, holy place, court roundabout. That's one, two, three. You have the migratory pattern, which is Egypt, wilderness of Sinai, and Canaan land. You've already talked about the atom, which is a proton, neutron, and electron. You talked about the cell. We say it's DNA, RNA, and ribosomes or, or cell body. We talked about the metamorphosis. You understand? You talk about the egg, the caterpillar, and the butterfly. You talk about the tree. You have the roots, you have the trunks, you have the branches, you see? And then we'll talk about the nine planets in our solar system and we'll, we'll divide them up according to the nine divine attributes by the pattern, you see? You'll have the same thing with the makeup of a man, spirit, soul, and body. Crucifixion of Yahshua the Messiah, you have, you have him being crucified in the court roundabout, having resurrected in the holy place, you see? And then he ascends into the heavens. That's death, burial, resurrection, 40, and ascension of blood, water, spirit, 40, and ascension. You also had the nervous system. We said the brain, spinal cord, peripheral nerves. You see, whatever we're looking at is going to be something. We have the, the brain. It's cerebrum, cerebellum, medulla, oblongata. See? So whatever we're going to talk about is going to be that. So... What we're talking about and what ministers talk about is different manifestations of the way you cover this tabernacle up and down, right. you see? And that's what we're always looking at. Now, we can go into greater detail about things we've seen, but you must keep in mind that these things that we're repeating. Now, if we, we even looked at the ages and dispensation chart, Mm -hmm. See, and that should follow the same principle. There are three ages in the flesh that mm -hmm. we talk about, mm -hmm. but it comes down the same way. So let's take a quick peek at look at that. Mm -hmm. Is it showing? Okay, for you even if we talked about like uh, we talk about the sternum. You see that said it look, but we're here now, so we won't talk about this. Yeah, I, I think your 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 uh timing, Dr. Guy, we were on this for a while. I think it just takes a while to get to you for some reason. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna rush you. I'm probably <laughs> rushing. <laughs> okay, this is what we say. Now okay. we say the creation abides within Yahweh of eternity. So we're looking at something. That's Yahweh. We said the beginning is Elohim, mm -hmm. see? And then now he's invisible, only seen in visions. Then you have what you call the angelic creation. And then you have the physical and all that's in the realm of eternity. So you have, you have Yahweh, Elohim, and you have the physical creation, or you have, El, you have Elohim, the beginning of the creation, you have the angelic and you have the physical creation. That's one, two, three. Depends on how we talk about it. You have the ages, and now you're into, after the transgression, you're into the th three ages. You have the uh, antediluvian age, that's court roundabout, typical of a court roundabout. You have mm -hmm. the post-diluvian age, mm -hmm. you see, that's typical of the holy place. Mm -hmm. In the physical, we're talking about, mm 
That's right. See, because the physical, you come down from pure spirit, superincorporeal form and physical form, and then you come down into the physical creation. And it has to be threefold too. See, because it's a reflection of the invisible, Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. So you have the post-illumine age, and you have the present kingdom age where you receive the spirit of Yahweh, Elohim. And then you'll have three ages after that, the fifth, sixth, and seven and ages. That's just like, that's like going back into the realm of eternity. See, mm -hmm. five, six, and seven, that's one, two, three. Mm -hmm. See, so those are three ages in the flesh. And then you have those seven dispensations. You have the two ages in the, or two dispensations in the, as we would say, the antediluvian age, mm -hmm. two dispensations, and the post-diluvian age, and then you have two dispensations, the fifth and sixth, in the present kingdom age, and then you move back into the spirit. Mm -hmm. See, so you typically is Yahweh coming down from pure spirit through superincorporeal form, forming the physical creation, then you go through the physical creation by the pattern one, two, three, See, or as we say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven ages, mm -hmm. you can go the seven steps, you understand, but it's a matter of how we're, how the speaker is presenting this, whatever way he's presenting, A, B, C, D, E, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, quit roundabout, mm -hmm. holy place, most holy place, mm -hmm. death or blood, water mm -hmm. or burial, uh, resurrection or spirit, right. 40, you see, you understand, and then ascension into the heavens, we're going to repeat the same thing over and over again, and each minister may pick a particular formula that he's covering at a particular time, and mm -hmm. all that's going to move through the ages and dispensations, so we're looking at the pattern, whatever the founder painted out there, or had drawn, he drew it all by the pattern of Yahweh Elohim that's right. or the witnesses. And that's what we're always looking at, you see. Now, if you can see that, but the simple part that you want to cover was the one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's in every plate that we deal with. And so is the rest of it, you know. But you may not always see it in each plate. See, but it's being repeated. And that's what we're looking at in everything. That's right. Everything that Yahweh has created has to reflect himself in his operation. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. So we'll break down the Bible. You said that. Mm -hmm. Law, prophecy, fulfillment. One, two, three. You understand? But you must understand it's important that you see those divisions or those veils in there and keep that you mentioned that you should not move the furniture in the tabernacle. Don't move the furniture around. And when you go through a veil, it is a transition and keep those things where they are placed. See, now that's difficult. If we could do that, see, there's a function in the court roundabout. It's not the function that's in the holy place. There's a function in the holy place. And there's a function in the most holy place. 
you see, and they're divided. And you don't, can't do in the holy place what you do in the court roundabout. You can't do in the most holy place what you do in the court roundabout. The only thing that can go into each one of those space principally is the blood. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has to function all the way through. Right. The spirit has to function all the way through. So we're looking at a pattern and we're keeping that in mind. And when we read these biblical events, we're looking at a pattern. You're looking at those things, those vessels or those functions in the pattern. And that's what we're looking for. And he's put those in all the biblical events. And you may not always find them where you think they should be. You understand? So that's what we're doing in this school. See, well, that's about all I want to cover. Thank you for the time. Mm -hmm. And I'll look. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Dye. I, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I say hallelujah. I wanted to um, just, just touch on one thing that Dr. Dye went through, and it was, it was pretty because we oftentimes will hear, um, let me see, I'm looking for the transgression of the satanic spirit. So remember, Dr. Dye went through uh, the transgression of, the, uh, of Satan and his demons. And he talked about how they, uh, he started at the most holy place. And remember Dr. Dorian Lewis said that as well when he was going through the migration. So remember that tabernacle, and I'm glad it's here, or the migratory pattern is here, it can go two ways. So remember Yahweh in his, in his pure spirit state, he starts off in a high and lofty state. So he starts off in principle in the most holy place then he breaks himself down as Yahweh Elohim, that will put you in the holy place. And then he comes in the likeness of sinful flesh as Yahshua Messiah. So that's a coming down. Satan also had a coming down. Remember, Satan was in heaven. He rebelled against Yahweh. So he was here first and he came down. Yahweh, he, uh, Michael and his angels kicked him out of uh, heaven. So, uh, Satan and his demons were kicked out. So they went from most holy place to holy place to court roundabout. So this tabernacle pattern, you can use it if you're talking about um, that will be function, you can go up or down. If you're going up, you're talking about going from visibility to invisibility, or you're talking about going from physical to spiritual or from no understanding to understanding. You're going down, you're going the opposite. You're going from spirit to physical or enlightenment to, and I don't know how, but I think it is that there's a scripture that says they went out from us because they weren't of us. So you think there was an understanding there, but there actually was not. So this, this tabernacle pattern, these steps, you can go from one to seven, or you can go down. It's like he said, and you can't see it here, the ABC, it actually, the A starts here and then it goes down. So always remember there's there's two ways to go depending on, like he said, the, the events that you're talking about, it will determine which way in this tabernacle you're going. So we, we still have a few minutes. We have about 15 minutes. If anyone else wants to, um, to say something, I don't know if you all can hear my dog, but she's whining like crazy. So I'm gonna go on mute and let someone else get a chance.
Anybody? Yeah, really. If you just, it could just be one, two, three, simple. I could uh, go through the um, uh, Noah if you want to go to the um, okay uh, elementary chart. chart. Yeah, let me see. I think we got Noah here, so this is a little bit better picture. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, just kind of randomly went in my head with mm -hmm. Noah. Um, so it starts uh, at the bottom in the um, with the uh, court roundabout. Uh, which was physical because uh, he had to build the ark. So, um, and then I know the blood uh, represent uh, was represented by uh, Noah preaching um, for 120 years, um, which you know uh, took the blood from his hands and put it on their heads. Right. Uh, so they were warned. So they, you know, they they were. Uh, uh, worn so it's it's just like when we look at it nowadays where uh, that just represents what we're supposed to do which is to preach this mm -hmm. gospel before you know um, because we're we were warned you know right. the end is to come and you know we have to preach this gospel and that takes uh, puts the blood on their heads um, so uh, then it goes into the holy place um, which uh or or that veil um which was a transition of noah and his family going into the um into mm -hmm. the ark mm -hmm. um and then uh the flood came and then that washed away everybody else um uh which was another transition mm -hmm. um uh so that's those people that perish um you know mm -hmm. once the revelation of uh, uh yashua the messiah um which was what we are preaching um and th they turned their heads away from it and and that's what happened and spiritually that's what will happen again so mm -hmm. we talked about the end uh the end is seen from the beginning so we see this pattern of events and the things that happen and how they happen to the people and the people that preach and uh Yahweh making that um uh making that veil of separating you from uh everyone else um and then you know once you do uh pass you know that's passing that veil into the spirit and being separated from the world and um and then that goes into that most holy place where uh Noah and his family were in that ark uh, once the flood came and uh, Yahshua, you know, kind of guided them into the mountains. Um, and uh, I guess that goes into the plate 20 where it rested up atop that mountain, uh, which uh, represents um, being in that most holy place. So it's the best I could describe that without butchering it too much. <laughs> oh, very good, Dr. Hamilton. That was that was a good try. And that's what that's what the school is about. Once again, it's it's giving it a try, seeing if if those principles are sticking with you and seeing if you can go through one of these plates and see the like she was saying, the court roundabout, the holy place and the most holy place. So 
she was talking about here how Noah warned the wicked. And if you could see those little red dots, that's your blood. So that does. And if you know there's something with blood, you know, you know, you're in the um, in the court roundabout. But as Dr. Dye said, that blood can go through all three, but we're, we're not going to go there right now. We're just talking about our basic foundation. So you see, like she said, Noah warned them. So the blood was on their head. That flood came, that's your water. The division was when the, the children, I'm sorry, when Noah and his family entered into the ark or entered into safety, which is your holy place. What does it say when you see the des uh, desolation stand in the holy place, right? So this is the holy place. This is where they had safety. They had one window, which was their light. They had food there. They had intercession. The ark itself represented Yahshua the Messiah. That's your holy place. Then they were resurrected up above the water that will place them in the most holy place. That's their sanctuary. That's where Yahweh kept them. Yahweh shut that door, so they're there. So it was just, you know, a simple one, two, three, but she was able to go through and see how it is the holy place, the most holy place, and the court roundabout. So we have a few more minutes. Does someone else want to give something to try? We have a 40-plate chart. It's got 40 plates on it for someone to give it a try. I'll say a few things. This is April, my voice. Okay. Hey, Dr. Lewis. Nope. Go ahead. Okay, so I actually have this paper mm -hmm. that um we we did this a few years ago. And uh, we was given the blood, water, spirit, 40 correlations mm -hmm. um, on the elementary chart on the pattern or plan of salvation. Mm -hmm. And it, it lists all of the things that most of the speakers have said. And then my dad gave me this paper. And it says, the tabernacle is the key to understanding how Yahweh is operating throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. If the reader is sincere in wanting to understand the purpose of the creator and the creation, it is very simple. Take this information of blood, water, spirit, 40, and apply it to the Bible. The Bible operates by the pattern of the tabernacle. And that I believe that was already said and we was gave proof how the Bible operates by the pattern. And we know that Yahweh told Moses to build that pattern, that tabernacle out there in the wilderness so that he may dwell with man. And the tabernacle had a most holy place, holy place in court roundabout. And like you said, we can do the blood, water, spirit, 40, death, burial, resurrection. And I'm glad that you brought that out and said, when you stick into one, Stick to one thing, blood, water, spirit, 40, death, burial, resurrection, because you, it can get confusing. But once you continue to go and rehearse these things and study these things, it becomes it becomes um, clearer. And um, I guess I'll just do a couple things. Um, and Abraham, we know that Abraham um, had faith in Yahweh. And we know that the blood, the sacrificial blood of the ram that was caught in the thicket, now, Yahweh told Abraham to sacrifice his son. And Yahweh already had Isaac dead, buried, and resurrected right in his mind. He had faith that Yahweh would provide him a sacrifice, and he did that. So the blood is the ram that was caught in the thickets. The water is the sweat on Isaac uh, from carrying up the wood uphill. 
mm -hmm. um, to face death, the spirit, the angel of Yahweh stopped um, Abraham from killing Isaac. He saved his hand. And then that 40, um, Ishmael was 40 years old when I, um, when um, Isaac was sacrificed. Mm -hmm. And I know it's a couple of other principles, I mean, not principles, but a couple of other examples mm -hmm. for that. We already talked about the migration, the blood, the blood of the Passover lamb struck on the four points of the door. Mm -hmm. The water was the Red Sea, parting to make a way for Israel to escape Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Spirit was the angel of Yahweh in the cloud. We already went through that. And the 40 is Israel in the wilderness of Sinai for 40 years. Now, Yahshua came and he fulfilled all of this. He said, now, now didn't John say that's the blood, that's the lamb, of, uh, the lamb of Yahweh? You know, he came and he fulfilled those things. And you see that um, with the, uh, the children of Israel, they had to sacrifice that lamb. They had to strike the blood on the four points of the door, just like Yahshua the Messiah. He was struck his head, his nail, his hands, and his feet. That's four points, and that um, the blood and that water when they um, pierced him in the side, that blood and that water came forth, and then he mm -hmm. let up the ghost the spirit. Mm -hmm. So tabernacle goes by a pattern of blood, water, spirit, it, right? And and you can get that right in the court roundabout that blood that sacrifice from those animals you see that blood right there and then the labor the water and that blood and that labor and then that spirit is a quickening mm -hmm. I, I forget that um the scripture that you put yahweh he's a quickening he's quick you know so that's that spirit and the example of that water and that oil i never knew i said why does oil always rise to the top with water right. these things are beautiful mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yashua is showing us and revealing these things to us and we are blessed and you can't wipe the smile off my face I'm so happy to know this mm -hmm. so um, these things can be um, printed off if, if you need them i have them i know felicia mm -hmm. you may have a copy or two mm -hmm. but um these things are explained to us and shown to us and awesome. given us proof that Yahweh is real. Awesome. And um, that's all I have to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Lewis. We appreciate that. And uh, Dr. Asardine, if he has anything to say in closing. Dr. Lewis, if you're on. Might be talking on mute. Okay, they may not. Oh, I just want to say I, I enjoyed class. Um, I didn't know I was muted, but um, these exercises are absolutely necessary. But we almost always have to re remain in our conscious and be aware of the fact that. Everything that we see, look, and do, and talk about is just a witness to Yahweh's ever presence and how he has control over this. So what we want everyone to see and understand is we want everyone to see and understand that Yahshua the Messiah is a savior. That should be our conclusion of every lecture, every topic we talk about. So thank you for the support from our visiting members and the members of the class. Thank you for joining us and we're happy to have you thank you mm -hmm. hallelujah 
Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And um, once again, we we um, if Yahweh moves me such or you know, or either of the other Zoom moderators, we'll do this again because what he's reminding me of and having me rehearse is that those things like Ardeen just said are important to go through because sometimes, and I know for me, I'll just put it on myself, I get so caught up in the weeds of things, I forget to just step back and see the beautiful simplicity of Yahweh, as it was said by a few of the speakers. This thing is pretty, it's very simple, but Yahweh has hidden it from the world because it's not meant for them to see, it's meant for us to see. And because of that, Yahweh has given us an opportunity to learn more and more about him every day. So Yahweh willing, we'll keep going through these exercises just to go through the basics so that we can all make sure our foundation is sure. And we can, because we are raising up ministers, we have to continue to go through these things. Um, we do have um, a planned, well, I won't say a planned speaker for next week's uh, class that will, it won't be an official green chart day, but the speaker may go into something, but I don't have that uh, confirmed. So we'll just, you know, we'll play it by ear. Um, and that bring, that does bring a conclusion to our lecture. We want to once again, thank all our brethren for coming to visit with us at Zoom. We want to thank all who participated. We do appreciate your participation. It is welcomed and needed. We hold our Zoom classes here every Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Sundays when we meet at Zoom, it's from 11.30 to 1.30. And we just want to remind everyone for our Thanksgiving Zoom class, our, our class will be from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. That is on Thursday. Have the date, my apologies, but that's uh, Thanksgiving Day, which is Thursday, November the 25th. Our Zoom class will be from 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And may we all rise in our hearts and minds to give reverence to our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, through the doxology. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless through the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Savior, our Elohim, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power before all time, now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah.